Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! Oh, that's absolutely right. It's not over. No, no. The tournament is going on as we speak right here at the Frat House. Thanks for joining me, Frat House Mike, right here on another Frat House Saturday here on Fan Junkies Radio Network. And in a couple of moments, uh, as I always do on Saturday afternoons here at 3 o'clock, I will be bringing to you uh, the most up-to-date and most recent five minutes at the Frat House. Uh, This one coming at you is number 81 and that will be the audio version of our recent video uh, that was just released yesterday as a matter of fact um but as i just pointed out my gosh it has been just a couple of crazy crazy days here uh at the fred house as we have sat in and taken a look at 32 uh collegiate ncaa basketball games as the uh, tournament, uh, the field of 64 opened up on Thursday afternoon. Uh, and right now we are now into the field of 32. Uh, and let's get you up to date with uh, some of the things that are happening uh, in the world of live sports. Uh, Michigan has already advanced. Uh, they beat VCU. Um, a little bit surprising here. I kind of thought VCU would give them a bit more of a run than they actually did. I thought they would play them a little bit tougher. Michigan actually uh, prevailed in that one. Beating uh, VCU 78 to 53. Uh, ongoing right now, uh, Michigan State uh, is playing uh, number three. Michigan State is playing number six. Memphis. Uh, that game just started in the first half. There is about 10 minutes 54 seconds remaining in the first half of that one. Michigan State on top right now, 18 to 10. Uh, tipping off at 5:15 uh, uh, this afternoon. Um, number one, Louisville, will be taking on Colorado State. All right, and that's what's happening right now in NCAA uh, basketball. We have a couple of hockey games going on as well in the NHL right now. Uh, at the end of the first period, uh, the Ottawa Senators, woof, 4 nothing over the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. Um, and as well, let's see, in the second period, uh, the Minnesota Wild and the San Jose Sharks have skated to a 0-0 tie. That game is... Uh, just early right now in the second period. Uh, and that's what's happening in the NHL up to the minute right now. Uh, today in sports, uh, something that happened, uh, what was it, let's see here, 19 years ago today. 19 years ago, I remember this one quite well myself. 19 years ago today, 1994. Wayne Gretzky of the Los Angeles Kings, he scored his 802nd career goal to uh, pass Gordie Howe as the NHL's all-time 
leading goal scorer. That's hard to believe. It's hard to believe it's been 19 years already uh, since Gordy or since uh, Wayne Gretzky set that mark. That's amazing. 1994. There you have it. Uh, and that is what's happening. Uh, that's what was happening 19 years ago today in our world of sports, and I brought you up to date on the NCAA and the NHL as well. I just I pointed out, my gosh. So I got to ask the question: Is your bracket busted? Three four seven two three seven five three seven three. If you want to call in and give us a holler about uh, anything that uh, you might have dealt with in, in in picking your your brackets and going through everything, I you know as usual, I I, I thought I had a good one. I thought I was going to do okay. In the end, uh, last night as I'm taking a look at it again, well as usual. One-third of the games that I picked were wrong. Turned out to be completely wrong. But after a while, you got to sit back and you got to think to yourself, I mean, really, did anybody really have Harvard winning? Harvard, of all teams. Thanks to teams like Harvard uh, and Pitt, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, my entire Western bracket at this point right now pretty much shot at this point. Uh, so... Yesterday, uh, some of the big, big upsets, that, in my opinion, that took place yesterday. Uh, Old Miss uh, beating Wisconsin. I didn't expect that one at all. I had Wisconsin advancing. Uh, Harvard, as I pointed out. Nobody. I would love to find somebody. If there's somebody out there, again, I throw the number out there, 347-237-5373. If you had Harvard, you got to give me a call uh, and tell me. I mean, were, were you really – Seriously picking that, or did you just close your eyes and, 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 and circle the, 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 the name on the list or something? Because I can't imagine anybody anybody picking Harvard. Uh, Iowa State, uh, Notre Dame. I did not expect Iowa State to win that one. I had Notre Dame advancing as well. Uh, I thought that they would uh, go a little bit further into, the, uh, into this tournament. Of course, everybody's uh, Cinderella favorite at this point right now. Florida Gulf Coast. Florida Gulf Coast. A uh, 15 seed, I believe they were. Uh, beating Georgetown. Georgetown was a team that some people had been saying potentially should have been a one seed just a couple of weeks ago. Georgetown flirting with a number one seed. In fact, yesterday got beat by Florida Gulf Coast University. I guess they're the new VCU, you know? Yeah, Georgetown was a two seed. And knocked off by a 15. So that one, that one was a stunner. <coughs> California uh, versus UNLV. I had UNLV going actually quite deep, uh, and uh, did not see uh, California uh, coming up to uh, to beat a number uh, a number five seed in UNLV. There was a 12-5 winner there. Uh, we had a 12-5 winner in. Uh, in uh, Mississippi and uh, Wisconsin. And uh, on Thursday, we had a 12-5 winner in Oregon beating Oklahoma State. So consider for a moment <coughs> that we had three 12-5 uh, uh, seeds that the 12 seed actually beat the five, three times. And it was interesting because you're going to hear uh, in a couple of moments when I play uh, our five minutes at the frat house, you're going to hear a guest that uh, Jonathan Regis and I had on, on Wednesday right here on Fan Junkies Radio, uh, Lee Klein. And we've had Lee on before. Lee is just a phenomenal uh, analyst when it comes to talking NCAA collegiate 
uh, basketball. And uh, Lee warned us on Wednesday. He said, um, beware, there has been a 12B to 5 every year. I forget for how many years it's been. Uh, he had it right there, but it was some incredible number of years that a 12, at least one 12, will be to 5. Well, this past uh, couple of days, we've had three uh, 12s uh, beat uh, beat fives, three of them out of four of them. So consider that for a moment. So there were some big, big upsets there. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are going to have to say that LaSalle, who was a play-in team, uh, beat Boise State the other night to actually get in as a 13th seed, uh, playing uh, Kansas State, uh, that LaSalle beating K-State yesterday, that that was an upset. Now, it wasn't an upset for me, only because I do I did have LaSalle advancing into the field of 32. I don't after that, um, albeit at this point right now, uh, LaSalle is actually now since as a result of Old Miss beating Wisconsin, Old Miss being a 12, uh, LaSalle will play as a 13 seed. They will play Old Miss, and we will have a 12 playing a 13. And so it is very, very conceivable that, in fact, LaSalle could advance and beat Old Miss. Um, Who to thunk all of that? But LaSalle, there you go. Uh, a big, big shout out to my alma mater, uh, the LaSalle Explorers, for winning uh, their first uh, round uh, matchup against K-State. Um, in fact, I believe uh, I had heard that uh, by winning two games, uh, the first being the Boise State game uh, on the play-in, uh, that by winning that one and then winning yesterday against K-State, that would be the first time that uh, the LaSalle Explorers won two games in an NCAA tournament since 1955. So give me a call, 347-237-5373, if in fact uh, you want to go over anything about your bracket, you want to talk about any of these kinds of games, want to talk about any of the matchups that are coming up today, um, I, I'd be more than happy to chat about that. It's been a, uh, it is without a doubt, to me, one of the most enjoyable, most exciting uh, events, sporting events of the entire year. Uh, I, I look forward to this. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, it's like no sooner do we get done with the Super Bowl in early February, and suddenly I turn my sights to college basketball, and in anticipation of this wonderful, wonderful event, uh, the NCAA tournament. And I was pointing out to Jonathan the other day, tell me another event. When you consider for a moment that we just got done playing 32 games in two days, and over the course of today and tomorrow we'll play another 16, that's 48 games, 48 games, collegiate basketball games, being played within a period of four days. That is an incredible, incredible, think about the logistics of that. Just an incredible accomplishment to pull off 48 games in four days from all different venues going on simultaneously. And then all of the broadcasts that are going on. And beautifully enough, we're, we're very fortunate here at the Fred House. Uh, we didn't have to miss a single one of them. We were able to catch every single one of them. And with the ability for uh, NCAA and CBS Sports to... Uh, stream many of these live over the internet, what have you. You can get them even on your tablets and on your uh, on your uh, computers and on your cell phones. So it's 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 a wonderful wonderful event and it's just very very exciting. I I really really enjoy it so so much. 
Uh, it's it's just a lot of fun. So give me a, give me a holler if you want to talk anything about uh, NCAA about the NCAA tournament. All right, three four seven two three seven five three seven three. I could have probably put together other things to uh, to uh, throw out there as as uh, potential for comment, but I got to tell you, I've been so consumed in the past three days now with the tournament that that's been the only thing that I've really been able to track and follow. All right. All right, momentarily, as I said, I'm going to be bringing to you here the uh, rebroadcast of our Five Minutes at the Frat House program uh, from this week. That's number 81. Uh, You're going to hear in here that it does have a heavy, heavy dose of NCAA chat. Um, Obviously, I mean, this is (laughs) – that's the big, big – that's the big, big event. That's the big, big story. So you're going to hear that in our program here. But we also cover, as we always do, we cover all of our other um, our, our other areas of sports. We cover our motor sports, NASCAR and NHRA. We cover our NBA, and we also uh, cover uh, our NHL uh, update as well. So you're going to be getting that momentarily. Now, this is, as I point out so, so many times, this is a video production. So a lot of times, uh, one of the things you, you might want to do is make sure that you get out and you take a look at the video. Watch the video. Uh, the audio translates well, but uh, sometimes it's really worth seeing because there are some things that you miss potentially by simply hearing the audio side of it. And to get out and see these, all you have to do is go out to YouTube, type in five minutes at the frat house, and uh, you can get all of our productions. This one that you'll be hearing here is number 81. Um, so you can go to YouTube. Type in five minutes at the frat house. You'll find them all there. You can go over to our website, which is frathousesports.net, frathousesports.net, and you can find uh, uh, our videos housed there as well. Um, The other thing I would ask you to do, uh, another way that you can keep on top of all of uh, our productions and get them immediately, a real simple thing to do, just go on out to our Facebook page. All right, if you go out to Facebook, and if you type in Frat House Sports, all right, leave, space, leave spaces in between, Frat, Space, House, Space, Sports, and you will find our Frat House page. Give that a like. We're posting things up there all the time. We post up uh, sports updates all of the time about all different types of sports, all different types of events, all different teams, uh, all different regions of the country. Um, plus, though, that's the easiest way to keep on track of our videos as they become available. Uh, that's the easiest way to uh, be able to get the links to check those out uh, as they're put up. And we put out other words. I mean, frequently, I'll be putting out a couple of short ones uh, in the next couple of days. I'll be putting a couple of short videos out uh, that are uh, affiliated with Frat House Sports as well and with Five Minutes at the Frat House. So it's not just our longer productions that we do weekly, but it's also all of our short productions as well. And we've done quite a few different short productions. Uh, While there have been 81 uh, weekly episodes of Five Minutes at the Frat House, we probably have up over on YouTube right now well over 100 videos because of all the different short ones. Uh, All right. So uh, when uh, this production is concluded, uh, I will be back on with you for a couple of moments. If anybody wants to uh, give me a holler or call in, at that point, I'd be more than happy to take your calls. Uh, again, three four seven two three seven five three seven three, which I will be taking from you uh, once 
uh, this airing of five minutes at the frat house number 81 is concluded. And so I'll be back with you at that point. In the meantime, let me bring you five minutes at the frat house number 81. Enjoy. Welcome back to a wild and crazy day here at uh, the Frat House and five minutes at the Frat House on the first day of the NCAA tournament with Frat House Mike and Sidekick. And without a doubt, this is one of my favorite times of the year, one of my favorite entire weekends of the entire year. As we are going through right now, we are halfway through 16 college basketball games going on today, and then again, we'll do it all over again tomorrow, 16 games again tomorrow. Throw in there on top of all that, hey, big shout-out to my LaSalle Explorers playing tomorrow in the field of 64 for the first time in 21 years after winning a play-in game. Absolutely, after winning a play-in game last night against uh, Boise State. Um, And so here we go uh, with this very NCAA tournament-flavored five minutes at the Pratt House. But, uh, Sidekick, we're going to kick it off where we usually do uh, yep. with our weekly wrap-up uh, and preview of this week's motorsports. And there's a lot to cover, uh, as we had both uh, not only NASCAR, but we also had NHRA back in action this past Sunday. Yes, we did. Now, over in uh, NASCAR, uh, we went down, as we were talking about last week, we went down to everybody's favorite short track down there in Tennessee to Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh, where, as usual, well, we saw uh, 10 cautions and 17 lead changes. Uh, that was all before Casey Kane took his first checkered of uh, this early season. Others who came in the top five down there at Bristol uh, included Kyle Busch, who started the uh, race on the pole. Brad Kozlowski came in third. Kurt, uh, Kurt Busch, who historically runs well uh, at this particular track, well, he came in fourth, and Clint Boyer had his First top five of the year. He came in fifth. Uh, the race's laps leader, Denny Hamlin, 117 laps he had in that particular race, only came in 23rd. Um, and that kind of set us up with a rather odd-looking leaderboard as we enter week five of the uh, Sprint Cup se- uh, season. Uh, defending champion uh, Brad Kozlowski now takes over the number one spot. Dale Jr. moves back up into the number two spot. Jimmy Johnson drops down to number three, and then Clint Boyer and uh, Greg Biffle. Will they make the top five board for the first time this season? Uh, Got to ask you, sidekick. Now, look, I know it's early in the season. What do you make of this board? Uh, we've had four winners so far this season, but on that board right now, we only have one who who actually won a race. That's the first thing that jumps out at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that jumps out at me, you only have um, – uh, you got one in there that has no top fives at all, and you got one in there that only has one top five. What do you make of this board? It, I mean, I understand it's early. Yeah, well, actually, if you look at it, it doesn't, you know, you were saying how odd it looks. It actually doesn't look that odd. It's vaguely similar to the end of last season well, when you talk about when you talk about where, where the drivers are. And right. that. Um, right. You know, uh, and also, you know, two big movers this week. Um Casey Kane and Kyle Busch both shot up seven spots right. on it. So, you know, it is still early. Um, but the you fact know, you've part, got Greg Biffle on there with no top fives at all, and yet we've got three winners that aren't even represented on the top five board. Right. 
I mean, that just well, only, little... we're, we're only four races in, exactly. so you're going to have people you, you know, right. that don't have wins. As a matter of fact, if you go and you look at your wild cards, Matt Kenseth is 13th in points. Mm-hmm. He's, the, he's the last wild card. Is this a phenomenon, say, of Bristol? And some of the, you know, you know, so many lead changes and 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 the cautions and the fact well, that I don't, I don't, I don't think it it's you know a result of Bristol. Um, I just think it, it you know it's still early and it's easy. You don't have a lot of races to have a lot of winners. Right. Um, the other thing that helps in the points is you know consistency. Right. You know that's why we see Brad up there. Well, absolutely. You know he's consistently running top fives and you know top tens. So that's why he's at the top right now. Right. As we get farther in the season and, you know, you get more races and you get more winners and stuff, you'll you'll kind of see the see it even you'll up, see the the, the winners kind of float towards the top, especially once you get into the the multiple the repeat winners and right. stuff. That's I guess I guess that's kind of what I was waiting for. <clears throat> I was a little bit surprised because as I pointed out, there we all we have had three other winners who are not represented on that top 5 board right. uh, at this current time. Now, racing styles change again this week. Yep. As we go from short tracking last week, we head out to the Auto Club Speedway in Fontana, California, and that's a two-mile, 200-lap super speedway. So we go from one extreme to the other. Uh, now, you can catch that race uh, live on Fox beginning at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Tell us, I kick out, does that super speedway change our strategies when it comes to our fantasy? <laughs> Well, it's another week. strategies aren't working, you got to know. <laughs> well, you're not listening to me, apparently. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I'm listening. I'm listening. I write so, everything down to you say. What are you talking about? Yeah, and then you do exactly the opposite of it. <laughs> I move. <laughs> so it's another week, and it's another different racetrack type uh, this week. Uh, we're going out to Auto Club Speedway out in Fontana, California, who is the sister track of Michigan International. Right. And you'll want to remember that because they're essentially the same tracks. The only difference between the two tracks, <clears throat> Auto Club has 14, uh, 14% banking, whereas uh, Michigan has an 18% bank. Right. Um, but you're basically, you know, keep an eye on this race when you're setting up your picks in, in June and in August for the two Michigan races. Okay. This is the only race at uh, Auto Club. Right. Um, and... This is a Roush track. Roush has uh, traditionally dominated here at this track. Last couple of years, you've had a couple other people in there, but for the most part, you, you really can't go wrong with Roush, uh, and you'll see that in my picks this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to start off with uh, Greg Biffle. Uh, finished sixth here last year and a, has a fourth place and a win at Michigan. Right. And he's going for $27. I'm going to put Junior Nation up there, uh, Earnhardt Jr., uh, third place last year here, a win and a fourth place finish at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's at $28, a little pricey. Uh, Carl Edwards. Uh, Carl Edwards got has 20 top 10s in his first 22 appearances at Auto Club, Speedway, and Michigan International. Uh, his last 10 attempts, though, he's kind of cooled off, and he's only got five top 10s with an additional three top 15s, mm-hmm. he's sitting at about $23. But, again, he'll probably run well here. Like I said, you know, it's a Roush track. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is expected to run here. He's a Roush guy. 
Okay. Okay. He's going to benefit from having Biffle and Carl Edwards. So his car is going to come off the hauler, okay. and it's going to be fast. All right. And he's his price. He's bargain price at thirteen seventy five. And then I'm going to throw our good friend AJ Allmendinger in there, um, just because we need to round out the roster. Um, and he's a driver we can afford with our hundred dollar limit. He's seven seventy five, which takes us to a grand total of ninety nine seventy five. Uh, real quick on the Stenhouse thing, um, yep. would you give any consideration to how he qualifies in whether you would put him in that lineup? Let's say he qualifies very poorly. Um, I might I might look into a little bit. Okay. Um, but at this point, you're you're kind of trying to fill out the roster. Right, right. I and know. That, We're and, down at the bottom. Yeah, you're at the bottom, and there's not a lot in that price range. Right. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe he qualifies poorly and he'll come back in the race. Yeah. You know. Biffle at 27. Wow. He really jumped up in price, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. Yeah, wow. he's, oh, been, he's been jumping up in price. All right. Let's take a look then at our top 10 uh, teams right now in the Frat House League. Of course, we've got 17 actually in the league. Uh, but this is a listing right now of our top 10. And uh, currently, our, uh, our unfortunately absent technical director, Brandon, uh, he hangs in there at the top, uh, as well does uh, uh, our production manager, who is sitting in quite nicely for him this evening. Uh, Jen, she stays there in the uh, uh, on the top ten board as well. Sidekick tied for a ninth. And talking about consistency in NASCAR, there you go. I've got it going on. I'm holding steady at 16. It's an outrage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, one more quick uh, motorsports update, uh, and, and I prefaced it on the front end here, and that was uh, NHRA as uh, drag racing uh, got moving again this past weekend down in Gainesville, Florida at the uh, Gator Nationals. Uh, and a bit of a surprise in our favorite funny car division uh, in Sunday's finals when Del Worsham beat John Force Racing's Robert Hite, and then Johnny Gray went on and beat Jack Beckman in uh, the round three elimination. And that set up a matchup between Del Worsham and uh, Johnny Gray in the final round, where Gray ran at 315.5 miles per hour in just over four seconds to get only his fourth victory in Funny Car in 13 finals. Uh, and so that was just one little wrinkle in the whole thing that makes our early uh, season leaderboard quite interesting and uh, very, very competitive over in the top fuel dragster division. Antron Brown uh, took over the top spot by beating Clay Milliken in the final. Uh, Antron, however, uh, only holds a very narrow four-point lead over Tony Schumacher. <coughs> Excuse me. Ron Cap stays at the top of the funny car category, but that's deceiving uh, because he's dead tie right now with uh, Gator National winner Johnny Gray. Uh, over in uh, Pro Stock, Mike Edwards uh, took over the uh, top spot despite the fact he lost in the round three elimination to Jake uh, Coughlin. Uh, Edwards is just 16 points ahead of Coughlin for uh, that lead. All right. Yep. And now with Mike Edwards moving up, yep. you know, we've got Chevy now at the top yes. and broke up that stranglehold that the Dodges had, one, two, and three. Yes. So now they're two, three, and four. Don't look for that to hang there too long. Though. I don't think. That's just, based on history, I don't think that's going to stay there. All right, there's our NHRA update, uh, and they're off again for the uh, next three weeks or so, thereabouts. 
until early April when everybody heads out to the strip at Las Vegas Motor Speedway for the Summit Nationals, and we'll bring you those results then. All right, let's, let's turn our attention to what everybody else is focused on, and I see Sidekick over here is focused on it as well. Okay. I'm focused on it. We all got our mobile devices up here as we are tracking what's going on in the NCAA tournament with the field of 64 having tipped off this afternoon at 12 p, uh, 12.15 uh, p.m. this afternoon. And already we've had eight of the scheduled uh, 16 games completed at this point. <coughs> Excuse me. And the bracket was released on uh, Sunday. And there were a couple of things that jumped out at me uh, off of it. Uh, most alarming to me was both Duke and uh, Louisville in the exact same Midwest region. Uh, with Louisville getting the number one seed and Duke getting a number two, which I kind of felt was a bit reversed. I sort of thought I thought it was going to be the other way around. Uh, often rumored that nationally, uh, nationally number one ranked Gonzaga, and it was often rumored that they would not get a number one seed. They actually did out of the West region, and a bit surprising to me was uh, Kansas getting a number one uh, seed in the South in the South region. Now, not surprising, Indiana got the fourth number one seed in the East. All right? And so with all those different things happening, and then, of course, then we're always expecting the Cinderella teams or two to come in and kind of upset things and throw the upsets into the, into the mix and perhaps even make some deep runs. All of these kinds of things were on my mind, and I posed some of these questions to our Fan Junkies Radio NCAA analyst, and CEO of Five Star Basketball Camp, Lee Klein, on yesterday's Fan Junkies radio program. Uh, and uh, if you're wondering how well you might have done with your bracket selections, well, let me bring you just a portion of the conversation that I had with Lee and some of the suggestions that he made. Listen in on this, then you can go and compare your bracket, and perhaps maybe you might sit there and go, ah, I don't know if I did so well. Let me bring you a little get bit. Some and go back and see. You're going to get them right now. Let me bring you a little bit of that conversation here. Please, thanks for joining us again. I've been looking forward to this. Well, there's no crystal ball, <laughs> and they play, and they don't play the game on paper. They play it on a court, and as we sit there and we look at it, we try to project who should win or who's better than who. At the end of the day, the kids and the coaches. They're just not sure which of their, you know, will, who's showing up. Right. Each team's at Jekyll and Hyde. Each team's got its good and bad days. So that's what makes it so fun. Let me go to my first question. Should Duke have gotten a number one? I frankly felt they should have. Second question, is Louisville really a number one? Number three, is Gonzaga really a number one? Mm-hmm. So it seems to me that they're, Duke did enough out of conference to still manage away on the one line, but for no, there's no way that neither Miami or Duke should be on the one line. Miami's the one who really got slighted. For Duke to put them on the two because they lost, you could see that, but Miami's the one who got slighted. Louisville, by winning the Big East, which was the second rated conference, um, you know, put itself in position with another, with a great late season run. I want to say eight in a row off the top of my head, where to put themselves as the number one team as far as the number one seed. 
The problem is that that Midwest bracket, that served them very little good because they loaded the Midwest with 12 tough teams. Yeah. So from 1 to 12, 1 to 12 is, you know, that's the toughest region. And, yep. and so, what you know, Louisville much rather have had a two seed in, uh, for instance, in, in the West right. than be the one seed in the Midwest. It, it right. makes no sense. And then last, you know, last part I believe you asked me was about um, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. So Gonzaga deserved to be a one seed. You can't be the number one team in the country in AP and not be on the top line. There's no way you can justify that. But now here's what I don't understand. If Gonzaga is your third or fourth lowest one seed, if Louisville and Indiana rightfully so are the top two one seeds, right? Mm-hmm. How do you not have Duke and Miami in with, you know, one of those should be in with Gonzaga. Those are the two best two seeds on the board. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes it makes no sense. Ohio State was on the three four line a week ago, so now they're they're they become a two seed. It just makes no sense. Uh, Who's the Cinderella this year? I've heard it could be St. Louis. I've heard it could be New Mexico. Uh, however, you didn't rate either one of those teams uh, very high, I think, in the recent uh, article I read from you uh, on uh, uh, Brackets uh, 101 over on 247sports.com. Um, wh- where do you see the Cinderella's coming out of this? There's somebody, it's either going to be Arizona or Notre Dame, can make a real run at this thing if they can play what like they're capable of playing. I think the West, there's one bracket that's going to blow up, okay? that's Historically, that's what happens. One bracket that's going to blow up. <laughs> Where's the bracket going to be? Usually you have, you'll see there'll be two double digits playing each other to go to see who advances to the Sweet 16. Um, and, and generally, there's a 12 seed that, you know, each year, since 2001, there's been a 12 seed win the first round game over a five. Since 2001. So there's definitely going to be a 12 seed that's going to go far. I think that 12 could be California. Okay. Because of the three, of because of the guards, uh, because of the guard play. But, you know, remember this Cal team that lost to Utah its last game. So anything is, and Utah, you know, is not a great team. So anything's possible. A lot of people like Oregon against right. Oklahoma State. Right. And you have Dane Altman there, and, and he's a tremendous coach. But now you go into you got two freshman guards. Now Kentucky was able to win easily with freshmen, but you got two key components of freshman guards for Oregon, and and that's certainly something that concerns me because I love tournament experience when it comes down to going and advancing. So I thought I think Arizona's the sleeper team that okay. has the talent. They has they had the talent. They've kind of underachieved since. December. They've been underachieving. They haven't played great. But, you know, they, they just had a little funny thing happen, you know, the Pac-12 tournament in which there was a no call. There was a call that should have not been a call, and they lost the two-point game down, knocked down the Pac-12 tournament, and Sean Miller got fired up for it. Right. Distant. But I think Duke's got the, the easier path in Duke versus Louisville. I think Duke has more weapons to score the basketball. So I like Duke to make it to the Final Four. I think they are uh, a little bit under the radar this year. Every year I root against Duke. 
I do think <laughs> this year lines up for him. Who do you have your other three? Are you willing to give us those? Yeah, yeah. I, I like my national champion is Kansas. Ah. And I think the Jayhawks, one, they've got the experience. They've got senior guards, Travis Relaford, Elijah Johnson. They've got senior post presence and Jeff Withy, a, a rim protector and a difference maker. I think what, more likely you're going to have Miami taking out Indiana to advance out of the East. But the um, that's I definitely look for that in the uh, in the Elite Eight. And I think on the like I said on the back side on when we went back to the West. I think it, you know, I went with Arizona. I think it could also be a Notre Dame uh, that would advance, and eventually I get you know Duke taking that, taking them out to play Kansas with Kansas beating Duke for the for the title. Okay, so uh, let me make sure I got this: Duke, Kansas. Uh, you're saying it'll be Indiana or Miami coming out of the uh, East, and Arizona or Notre Dame coming out of the West. Right. That's, okay. uh, and I'm picking Arizona, on my bracket. I picked Arizona, um, but it's you know we're rolling the dice. Belmont's a dangerous first round team. Yes, they it is. Shoots yep. three well. That's yep. got a couple five star kids and seniors and and so on. I just think that um, you know we get back to sort of this this motivating factor, right? So Arizona is a team that you know last year. You know, it's a team that's got something to prove. Mm-hmm. It's a team that's built the term. Already, and there you have it, uh, some a terrific insight uh, there on collegiate basketball from a very, very knowledgeable uh, a guy in Coach Klein. Uh, did you listen to anything he had to say? Absolutely. You, you, got, you took some notes? I, I, I mean, you're just getting through to you, Okay, all right. Okay. All right. Now, I mentioned before eight games in the books, and, and we've got games ongoing at this particular time right now. Let's take a quick look. Have there been any serious upsets uh, so far encountered uh, through half of the games uh, so far today? And I think probably the biggest one, number eight, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, going down to number nine, Wichita State. Uh, Pittsburgh lost 55 uh, at Wichita State, had 73, so 73-55 final uh, for Wichita State. That one did mess up my bracket just a tad. Did it mess up yours? Uh, Minor. A little bit. Okay. Messed me up just a little bit as I had. Pittsburgh advancing into the uh, not only the next round, but I think the one after that. Uh, now, we're talking about this. Uh, we both play our own bracket mm-hmm. uh, in the Frat House uh, Sports League, uh, where, by the way, we had a tremendous response to participation in our Bracket Challenge uh, League from our Frat House Sports Facebook page. Uh, we've got over 20 folks right now included in that league, so thank you very, very much. I want to throw that out, and I, I appreciate that. But let's take a look at this sidekick just for just for the fun of it. Uh, who who did you have in your final four and final two, and then who did you have going to your uh, to the championship? Well, this here I haven't got a brain is the money shot. <laughs> this this is the bracket. Okay. So final four. As much I really really deliberated on this one because I wanted so bad. To, to put my to put my Billikens in the Final Four, and I I had to be a little bit of a realist and you know say okay, so my Final Four, I do have them knocking off Louisville, but then losing to Duke. Wow. 
Against St. Louis, knocking off Louisville. Okay, go ahead. Um, so my final four are Duke, Gonzaga, Florida, and Indiana. With my final two being Duke and Indiana, with Indiana taking it. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, we're right. We're the same on our final two. Uh, my final four include Duke, Ohio State, Kansas, and Indiana. With Duke playing Indiana for the national championship. And Duke winning it all. So, there you have it. Nobody's perfect. Well, this could get interesting. This This could could get very interesting next week. All right. All right, so there's our tournament talk for the moment. Uh, Don't forget that what you can do, if you want, if you should, actually you should, you can get more live updates from me on Saturday when I bring you Frat House Saturdays on Fan Junkies Radio, where I bring you this very show on that program at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Fan Junkies Radio over on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to be listening in. Uh, give me a call. Um, and then next week at this time, we'll be bringing you the up-to-date bracket again. We'll take a look at both sidekicks and my bracket and see where we stand at that particular time. All right. And since we're talking brackets, we thought this would be a good time to bring you another installment of our Top 5. Yes, sir. And this week, it's our top five surefire ways to bust your NCAA bracket. And coming in at number seven, team colors play a large factor in your decision making. Sure, you know, well, just pick them by color. Yeah, why not? Why not? Those are pretty colors you have. Thanks, thank you very much. I picked mine by color today. What color am I wearing? Go ahead. <laughs> number six. Team mascots are totally Final Four material. Absolutely. you got to love the mascots. Coming in at number five, you listen to and overanalyze way too many bracketology experts. Now, not me, though. I never do that. I never. Don't, I don't ever do it. Never. No, no. Coming in at number four, you choose your schools by their proximity to St. Louis <laughs> or your location. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, coming in at number three, you really buy into the whole Cinderella story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you got some Cinderella's picked in? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming in at number two, you pick the underdogs to win every matchup. Uh, or, the Meek shall win the tournament. <laughs> all right. And coming in at number one, the number one surefire way to buck your bracket. Well, sidekicks help you pick your bracket. Yep. Oh. <laughs> uh. All right. <laughs> a little swerve on that one, huh? Oh, they got you on that one. All right, there you have it. Hopefully you didn't make any of those My mistakes. And uh, we wish everyone the best of luck in the bracket games, uh, particularly everyone that's participating in our Frat House Sports Bracket Challenge. Uh, and as always, I want to send a, a shout-out to our production director, uh, Jen, for putting together that insightful lesson for us. All right, remember. Okay, let's stick with round ball for just a few more moments and take a look at what's happening over in the NBA as we move closer and closer to the conclusion of the season. Uh, hard to believe where here we are. It's uh, what? Uh, the, the end of March, right? March 21. I can't believe it. We only have about a month left of the NBA season. Over in the Atlantic Division, the New York uh, Knicks right now 
continue to hold on in the top spot there, but they're just a point, now just a point in front of the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets could actually make a run at them uh, in the waning days. Over in the Central Division, the uh, Indiana Pacers, they're still in front, five games in front of the Chicago Bulls. Yep. And they've oh. clinched the playoff spot now. Oh, did they clinch it? Okay, yep. I did not. I failed to recognize that. Thank you for bringing us up to date. So they've clinched. Yep, the uh, Heat have clinched. The Heat have clinched. And talking about the Heat, over in the Southeast Division, uh, 53 and 14 they are. This is becoming more and more of a story as we continue to go forward. Last night, winning their 24th straight game. Yep. Now, here's the best part of it. They were down by 27 points at halftime down by 27, and came back and won. They are now 15 and a half games in front of the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I'm sorry, in front of the, I'm sorry, five games in front of the Chicago Bulls. That's the, no, no, I got that right. 15 and a half games in front of the Atlanta Hawks. Sorry. Over in the Northwest. Which I'm, one I'm getting all right? mixed up. I'm, getting, I'm, I'm off my you're, line. You're all excited. I'm off right. my line. I'm off my line. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm too used to reading brackets. Uh, over in the Northwest, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, three games in front of the Denver Nuggets. And they have clinched as well. Okay, so we've got three that have clinched. Um, in the Pacific Division, the L.A. Clippers, eight and a half games in front of the Golden State Warriors. And in the Southwest, the San Antonio Spurs, uh, five and a half games in front of the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, And they have clinched as well. My goodness, we've got four? Yes. Four out of six of the division leaders yep. have clinched a playoff spot. Not, not necessarily yeah, clinched right. a division. It, it's a playoff, playoff spot, yes. Right. <clears throat> now, last week I brought you a whole rundown on the playoffs and what the playoff scenarios might look like. We're going to hold on to that until next week. And so I'll give you a little snapshot of that as we uh, advance forward uh, next week. All right? Uh, before we get off a of round ball, let's go take a look real quick at our Frat House Facebook post of the week. This week it was the most viewed post on our Facebook page, and this one revolved around somebody we really haven't spoken about too, too much here, uh, probably because we really don't want to, but it's everybody's favorite gold digger, uh, Philadelphia 76ers, uh, Andrew Bynum, uh, making $16.5 million for bowling. Uh, yeah, that's what he's doing this year. Yep. Uh, bowling and uh, you know, just going out and making public appearances every once in a while at beer distributors. Um, <laughs> the other evening I uh, posted the breaking news. One unconfirmed and previously uh, recently unreliable source indicates that Philadelphia 76ers' Andrew Bynum's season of non-play is officially over as he will undergo surgery tomorrow. Uh, it was posted the other evening. And so, lo and behold, the guy that only showed up as a Sixer just to put the jersey on once and get a picture taken, never stepped out on the court at all, never played a single minute, his season is over. That post got the most views and numerous comments, and so I thank you all for that. Keep the post coming. And uh, for all of our new folks out there, of which we've had about seven new members to the Frat uh, House yep. Sports page this week, uh, be sure to jump in, comment often, post your own, whatever. Just get over there and, 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 and make, make some comments. Jump in there anytime you see something. <coughs> We've had a few division changes over in the NHL, um, and as in most cases right now, I think we are about 20 games uh, remaining in this certain season. <coughs> and so let's take a look at the divisional standings. Uh, in, the, uh, in the Atlantic Division, the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins, uh, still without an overtime loss. 
23 and 8. 46 points. They're now 14 points ahead of both the New York Rangers and the New Jersey Devils, who are both tied for second. In the uh, Northeast Division, uh, the Montreal Canadiens continue to lead that one, uh, two points ahead of the Boston Bruins. In the Southeast, here's where we've got a division change. The Winnipeg Jets uh, take over uh, as the leader in that division. They're just two points ahead of the previous uh, leader uh, in the Cal- uh, Carolina Hurricanes. In the Central Division, the Chicago Blackhawks with 51 points. They are 17 points ahead of the new second-place uh, team, your St. Louis Blues, if you're interested. Uh, in the Northwest, the Minnesota Wild. <coughs> Excuse me, i got such a uh, kick all there. Uh, North and the, uh, the Minnesota Wild take over as the new points leader. Two points ahead of the Vancouver Canucks. And in the Pacific Division, the Anaheim Ducks are 12 points ahead of the L.A. Kings. All right? Uh, and just like I said last week uh, with the NBA, we will take a look at where the playoffs stand uh, next week uh, when I give you a rundown and a snapshot of what that's looking like. Okay. There's our wrap-up for this week. We're going to want to – we want to get right back to all these TV sets we've got here at the Frat House to take a look at what's going on in the NCAA tournament as we've got no less than about six or seven or eight games still remaining before uh, we're done for the evening. So – we want to get back to that and let you guys get back to it as well. So that's our show for the week. Let's run around real quick. Fan junkies, get over there. Social media at its best. Where sports meets social media uh, and social networking. Uh, fanjunkies.net. Sign up completely free. Uh, you can uh, do that at any time. It just takes a couple of minutes. <coughs> Fan junkies radio goes strong. We had uh, a boy. We had a terrific show. I don't know if you heard it on Monday. Terry Frazier, former NHL referee, just superb. Great stories on Monday. And then, of course, yesterday we had Lee Klein. <coughs> Herb, Quiet, no spells, I'm broadcasting. Herb FM Sports, uh, they continue to broadcast us uh, for at least an hour or so. Uh, uh, have you gotten a schedule for this week? I haven't seen one. No, I haven't seen one yet, no. Okay. But you got to get over there, uh, HerbFM.com. That's where you go to, and you can check their schedule, and you will find us on their regular schedule every week. Uh, they generally broadcast us for about an hour over there. CLW83, all of the Fan Junkies radio programs, and, of course, uh, that includes Fred House Saturdays are, are rebroadcast on CLW83.com. And, of course, FredHouseSports.net, our own website. All right? Okay, there you go. Enjoy the madness of March as we are going to as well, and we will be back yep. here with you again next week. In the meantime, you know what you got to do? You got to keep us real, you got to keep us live, and you got to keep us going. We'll see you then. See you then. I hope you're not going next week. Right front going down. Final lap for Casey Kane. Just bring it on home here. Sails it off into turn three. Gets underneath Joey Logano. And Casey Kane wins the Food City 500 at Bristol. Nice job. Yeah. Good job, guys. Awesome job. Good job, Kevin. Way to go, boys. Way to go. That's a big accomplishment for you today. Alrighty, and there you have it. That's uh, this week's uh, version of Five Minutes at the Pratt House. That was number 81. Uh, anything there you heard? Uh, perhaps maybe you want to chat about anything uh, that you heard in the program 
or anything at all that might be on your mind with regard to sports, uh, please feel free to give me a holler here, 347-237-5373. That's how you get a hold of me. Uh, If you want to chat about anything you may have heard there on 5 Minutes at the Frat House. Um, Again, if you care to actually view that production, uh, head on over uh, to YouTube. Uh, Type in 5 Minutes at the Frat House and you'll get all of our productions. That one you heard there is number 81. uh, Or you can head over to frathousesports.net. And as, uh, as I mentioned before, too, I would appreciate it. Um, the easiest way to stay in touch with us is via our Facebook page. Uh, we are on it every single day. Uh, and all you have to do to find that, uh, go out to Facebook, type in Frat House Sports, Frat House Sports, uh, find the page and give it a like. And then you'll get all the updates we have, uh, and you'll get notified about when, uh, new video productions come out. Uh, you'll get all of the notifications about, uh, uh, all of our radio programs right here on Fan Junkies Radio Network, including uh, Jonathan's and my regular Monday, Wednesday, Friday program uh, that airs here at 12 noon uh, on Fan Junkies Radio. Uh, I had mentioned the NCAA tournament, so let's get you up to date real quick. Uh, at halftime right now, Michigan State holding on to a three-point lead over Memphis. Michigan State is a three-seed playing up against a number six, and they are right now... Um, Michigan State is leading that by just a slim three points over Memphis. Tip-off uh, tonight at uh, this afternoon at 5.15. You can catch this game on CBS. You've got number one seed Louisville going up against number eight Colorado State. 6.10. You've got uh, 6.10 p.m. Uh, you've got uh, number six Arizona going up against number 14 Harvard. There's that Harvard team. That surprising, shocking Harvard team. Uh, playing there in the uh, field of 62, uh, 32, rather, uh, very, very surprising. Uh, at 710, you got a tip-off uh, between number four, St. Louis, going up against number 12, Oregon. Oregon, as I pointed out, uh, pulling that upset the other day against Oklahoma State. Um, and so St. Louis will be taking them on uh, at 710. You can catch that game on TBS. I'm sure that, as you heard there uh, from our five minutes at the frat house, I'm sure... Uh, my buddy Sidekick will be checking that one out and rooting on his Billikens. Uh, 7.45 tip-off. You've got number three, Marquette, going up against number six, Butler. That should be a terrific matchup uh, between those two. Uh, later on this evening, 8.40 tip-off. Number one, Gonzaga, going up against number nine, Wichita State. And we close the evening out at 9.40 uh, between number four, Syracuse, going up against that number 12, California. Uh, and I saw, again, as you heard from our five minutes at the frat house, uh, Lee Klein was, was high on both Arizona and on California, thinking that potentially those might be two sleeper teams that could uh, advance pretty far through uh, the tournament. Um, then, of course, we've got a full eight games again tomorrow. Uh, included in those eight games will be uh, one, of course, that I will be uh, highly, highly interested in, and that will be uh, my number 13 seed, uh, LaSalle, going up against that number 12, uh, Ole Miss. Uh, so I'm, you can bet I'm going to be sitting glued to that one, as I am to all of them, but that one in particular, rooting on my LaSalle Explorers, uh, my alma mater right there 
in the tournament for the first time in 21 years since 19, I believe it was 1992, uh, was the last time that they were there. Terrific, terrific uh, uh, story the LaSalle Explorers are this year. Uh, real quick update as well on the NHL. Uh, again, uh, end of the second period, end of the second period now, Senators continue to lead the Tampa Bay Lightning 4 to nothing. Uh, and at the end of the second as well, the Minnesota Wild now are on top of the San Jose Sharks, one to nothing as well. Um, puck dropping at 4 o'clock this afternoon. That's just about four minutes from now. Uh, puck dropping, uh, and you can catch this game over on NHL uh, Network, over on the NHL Network. Uh, you'll have uh, the Vancouver Canucks and the LA Kings going at it. Uh, the Kings trying to get back and become relevant again as they continue to scratch and claw out there in the uh, Western uh, Conference and in the Pacific Division. So um, that should be a pretty good game right there. So that, that game will be coming up on the NHL Network, and I'll be putting that one on here at the Frat House myself very shortly uh, so that I have something up on the second screen while we continue to follow what's happening in the NCAA tournament. Um, as usual, I would uh, like to thank uh, my good buddy, uh, Jonathan Regis for allowing me to come on here with you on Saturday afternoons uh, for Frat House Saturday and to bring you uh, our weekly five minutes at the Frat House program. I, I appreciate that. Uh, also, encourage you all as well to uh, tune in to Jonathan and I Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right here at 12 noon Eastern time um, to our regular five, uh, to our regular fan junkies radio. Uh, and as you heard from um, the five minutes at the Frat House uh, uh, episode I just played, we have had some terrific, terrific programs. Uh, this past Monday, uh, we just had Kerry Fraser on, who's a former NHL referee. What some wonderful, wonderful stories uh, Kerry Fraser had for us. Uh, great experiences that he brought to us as far as what it was like to be uh, an NHL official back in the uh, 80s and into the late 90s uh, before he uh, ultimately retired. Uh, great stuff there. We had Lee Klein on. Uh, you heard a portion of that interview. Uh, we had Lee Klein on on uh, on Wednesday. Yesterday we had on John Leary. Now John Leary is the co-host of one of our newest uh, fa uh, Fan Junkies Radio Network programs, and that's Sports Blogger. Sports Blogger comes on here on uh, Thursday. Right now it's scheduled for Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. Um, uh, Jonathan and myself and John Leary and Scott Blooney over there, uh, we're, we're going to be probably talking and potentially we may make a, a change on the time slot on that particular program. But great stuff from those guys as they bring you everything that's going on in the world of Boston sports. Um, so if you need a fix on what's happening with the uh, Boston Red Sox, or the Boston Celtics, Boston Bruins, New England Patriots, these are the guys you want to be tuning into and listening to. Terrific, terrific insight. We had John Leary on yesterday for a good, oh, I guess a good 20, 25 minutes or so, uh, Jonathan and I did. And, well, we just had a blast talking uh, all the stuff going on in uh, Boston sports. Um, so that's that's the group you want to be checking out, uh, uh, whether you're a big, big Boston fan or whether you're even not, perhaps. Maybe you're just a sports fan like myself who likes to keep in touch uh, with everything that's going on uh, on all the teams. Uh, you'll get some terrific insight into what's happening in uh, the area of Boston sports. Uh, Jonathan has also kicked back up his uh, Ranger Nation 
radio program. Uh, they had their show, uh, their, I guess, kind of uh, rebirth show here last uh, Sunday. Uh, terrific program with he and uh, Glenn Miller and uh, Chris Decker uh, were on here uh, last Sunday, and I believe that that show will be coming up again tomorrow as well. Make sure you check here at Blog Talk Radio to check our schedule to uh, be up to date with all of the different programs we have on. Um, so more and more, we're rounding out uh, what we offer here as far as our programming uh, base on Fan Junkies Radio Network. I thank you all for listening in with me today, and uh, you can bet I will be back with you again next Saturday right here at 3 p.m. to bring you uh, the most recent five minutes at the frat house, and that will at that point be number 82. If you want to check out this week's, again, go over to YouTube, type in five minutes at the frat house, and you can find all of our productions. Uh, The one that you just heard was number 81. All right. I thank you all for listening in today. Uh, Go get back into your NCAA tournaments or your NHL hockey, uh, or uh, perhaps uh, maybe you'll be checking out uh, that that NASCAR race. uh, I think that was a little bit later today. I'd have to check the schedule on that, but the nationwide race uh, should be coming up shortly, and I know there will be also our NASCAR race tomorrow uh, from out in California. Uh, That'll be the fifth race of the NASCAR season coming up tomorrow in the Sprint Cup Series. Nationwide Series, I believe, today sometime probably uh, a little bit later this afternoon. All right. So, until next week, in the meantime, I'm going to ask you, you know what you got to do for me. you got to keep us real, you got to keep us live, and you got to keep us going. I'll see you next week. Take care. Maybe you're a 49ers fan in Jacksonville or a Jets fan in Houston, and you're looking to connect with fellow fans from hundreds or thousands of miles away. Look no further than FanJunkies.net. FanJunkies.net is a social networking site dedicated to fans of every team and every league. Connect with baseball, football, basketball, and hockey fans from throughout the country and throughout the world. Get the latest news, take polls, and interact in live chats on game day. And best of all, it's absolutely free to join. Sign up today at FanJunkies.net. FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking.